second chances. Do you believe in them? Whether it be in a relationship, on a job, or just in life in general. The young man that's on the podcast today, he's here to tell us his story about his second chance that he was given and what he did with it. After hearing this young man's story, at the end of this podcast, I'm going to ask you that question again. Second chances. Do you believe Welcome to another episode of Chin Wagon with Rock. We have here my co-host, Dana Dane. Hello everyone. And we have a cousin of mine. His name is Dwayne, but we call him Dick. What's going on? Today we're gonna to be discussing we're gonna be discussing life. Um, we're gonna be discussing different things as far as where you were raised up, what you went through through life, how that affected your life, and the outcome of it. Cause Dwayne has he has an extraordinary story that I feel like need to be shared. It need to be heard. Can't wait to hear that testimony. Yes, yes, no doubt, no doubt. Well, Dwayne, first of all. Give us a little background on yourself. Well, I am 42 years old now. Mm -hmm. I grew up in Elbert County, Georgia. You see, baby. I went through my ups and downs, you know what I'm saying, as far as selling drugs and going to prison and getting out and changing my life and things like that. So been been on both sides of the fence, if you would say. Okay, now you said that you used to sell drugs. How old were you when you were selling drugs? I started in my early 20s, about 2021. 2021? Alright, next question is why did you sell drugs? Really, just because it was easy, I, I, won't, I might say, because that's all you really seen in, in our area. So it was, it's just, okay, it was almost, if you didn't work at the shed or the quarry, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying, or... Honeywell that was there at the time in my hometown that that's what you did you sold drugs so you got some people that they have a reason why they sell drugs for instance they wanted different things in life and maybe their family or their parent couldn't get them the things that they wanted in life because as a child you want things as far as I want the best shoes because you see your peers wearing the shoes I want the name brand pants or the shirt because you're your peers are wearing them, and if your parents can't afford to get you those things, therefore you have to do something to get those things for yourself. True. So in, instead of getting a job and working and saving, what you tell me is that it was easier to sell dope because of the environment that you saw than it was to get a job at, at the shed. True. Uh, Cause I mean, because I actually worked at Honeywell for a little while. That was before, or after you started selling dope. Before. Okay. And I had a wreck and hurt my back, and I was out of work for like a week. But when I got ready to go back to work, my supervisor said that I no longer had a job because I didn't report to them that. I had a medical leave, which I know I did because I called him specifically and wow. told him that, hey man, I just had a wreck. The doctor put me out because my back hurt. So the doctor put me out of work. I had my 
note when I get back. Wow. So after that, you know, situations happen, bills happening. And with, at that point, I really didn't have a lot of bills. Right. It was just at that point, it was easier for me to go out and do sales drugs as far as just go get me another job. So. Okay, now we're going to pick it back off the selling drugs thing. How do one just start selling drugs? Do you go to the supermarket platform for applications that I want to be a drug dealer? Or how do one how do one start selling drugs? That's a great question. <laughs> it's just in in my situation it was friends of the family. So reality. Yeah, it just it was easy. Because everyone I knew or saw every day was doing it. Oh. So the places that you were at hanging out and the people you were around, they were selling dope. So it was just it was more like, hey, come and do this with me. Mm -hmm. It was your norm, huh? Exactly. Okay. Okay. So now I know that selling dope can be very very profitable. Very. So did you ever, to you or to your surrounding peers, did you ever become kingpin status? If yeah. I'm using the right term. Yes. Yes? Kingpin, yeah. huh? I didn't, I had got to a point where I couldn't purchase what I was buying from anyone locally. Okay. Uh, I had to go to other cities to purchase the quantity that I needed. Oh, when you say purchase, you mean as far as the the drug? Okay, quantity. I guess we need to start. What what drug were you selling? Was it heroin? Was it marijuana? Was it? Uh, I guess cocaine, was, okay. crack, and marijuana. Okay, so you were purchasing so much of it that you had to go out and about to different cities just to purchase the quantity the quantity that you wanted. Yes. Okay. All right. Wow. Um. So, kingpin status. Now, you live, Elton's a small town, correct? Correct. So, by being in a small town and becoming kingpin status, how did that work? I mean, everyone in the small town know you. So, if, if I'm going to use the police, for instance. Y'all did have a police department, right, in the sheriff's department? Sure. Okay. Police, for instance. If, if they see you in the morning, and they see you... At lunchtime, and they see you at dinner time. Therefore, Monday through Sunday, they know that you're not working. How did you? How you? How did you decide to? How did you know to invade the law enforcement? Or did you invade law enforcement? I mean, explain that. Did, did that come across your mind as far as I need something to hide what I'm doing, or you just like fuck it? I don't care. Catch me if you can. My thing was. To not be flashy. I had me an old Ford Escort that I drove around in all the time. Okay. And I wasn't, when I was out and about, I didn't have flashy clothes on a jewelry. I didn't wear all my stuff in town. Oh. When I wanted, now did I have the cars? Yeah, I had, I had a Cadillac with rims and TVs in it. But I never drove my car in town or around town like that. When I drove that car, I went out of town. Uh -huh. So a lot of people actually didn't even realize I was selling like that in town because I didn't make myself known to certain people that I was doing that. Gotcha. That, that, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. So even though you were selling, only people knew you were selling were the people that you were selling to. Yes. Basically. Hmm. Yeah. So just the buyers, but your your everyday average citizen or neighbors didn't know. No. Understood it. But at least you thought they did. Because, you know, people are nosy, especially. And I mean, you know, of course, some people knew, but I, I ain't gonna say knew. They speculated that right. I did because they knew I didn't have a job. They saw my car. You know what I'm saying? They they know. They knew when some like I said, my neighbor, he was a school teacher. My grandmother had a trailer on his land, and so that's why I kept my Cadillac at, but I kept my Cadillac behind her trailer. Okay. So you were very discreet. 
tried to be. You, okay. Yes. Tried to be discreet in what you were doing. Because I knew if I was flashing, my time would have ended so much earlier. Or I, they would have busted me so much earlier right. if I was flashing. Right. Because you get to a certain point where you they made so much money that you like, okay, I need to buy me something. I want to see. <laughs> I want people to see with my money, what I've been doing. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because so it's like this guy I was buying from, he told me, you are going to sooner or later buy something that's going to catch everybody's eye. It's inevitable. You are going to do it. I don't. I don't care how much you put back and try to be strategic <laughs> right now. Sooner or later, you're going to do it. And when I did it, <clears throat> I really I thought about what he said instantly. So that, but I had that already the, did it. Then, that being the Cadillac. Yes. Okay. Because I bought my Cadillac. Within two weeks, I had my rims. <laughs> I had another paint job. I had my TVs. I had my sound system. Everything was already in it. But then I let everybody saw it. Right. So that was that. The first time I was at the gas station and somebody came up to my car and said, "Who caused this?" That what he said popped up in my mind instantly. <laughs> that, that was my flashy moment. Right. Now everybody know who I am and what I'm doing because you didn't have all of that in a car in my hometown without doing something illegal. Right. And also, At my age, you know the, what I'm saying? Yeah. And also, uh, if I could jump in, I'm sure they thought, wait a minute, you didn't have this yesterday. Exactly. exactly. But you have it today. Right. That's instant gratification all the way around the board. Exactly. So do you think it's impossible to become a certain kingpin status and not purchase a big item? Is it, it almost sounds like you're saying that once you get a certain amount of money, that it's just human nature that I gotta show somebody that I'm on top of the world. Ooh, now, it, that, that's not necessarily showing people that I'm on top of the world. It's that, okay, what am I making all this money for and I can't enjoy it? Gotcha. So, I'm making all this money to get the nicer things in life. Right. So, I'm gonna purchase the nicer things in life. But what also comes with the nicer things in life? Eyeballs, eyeballs. True. People want to see. People are attracted to nicer things. Yes, they are. So, when you purchase those nicer things, they're like, "Oh, where they get that from? Oh, boy, that's that's nice, right? That that thing, nice." But what do you do? What did he do to get that? It draws attention to you. Of course. Hmm. Okay. Attention. All attention is not good. All attention is not bad attention. Now, I'm I'm gonna kind of step out on the. The left wing or something right here, what I'm going to get ready to say. Now, I'm quite sure with that status and with that bringing that Cadillac out, I'm quite sure you attract a lot of female eyes also, right? Of course. Of so, course. Is, it, is it clear to say that becoming kingpin status brought a lot of pussy to you? Of course. So It, 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 change, it changes your life and your way of thinking all the way around, actually. Okay, when you say way of thinking, so, so I guess it, it makes you confident. It, Definitely. It, make, it makes you walk with that stride. Yes. Like, I'm the motherfucker in this yes. motherfucking world. Because and then women see that and they like women that. Women that you saw. That, for instance, my Cadillac and I, and I bring us a, a certain conversation about. I had spoke to this girl about a month earlier. <laughs> okay. Before I brought my Cadillac out. And it was just a kind of coarse conversation, you know what I'm saying? Right. It was almost like a brush off of her end. But when she knew, found out that that was my Cadillac, it was, oh, hey, you my number one, you gonna take me out. So in other words, her pussy got wet. Of course. <laughs> oh my gosh. This... <laughs> oh, I'm glad you all can laugh at that. But I'm, I'm sure it made a really big change oh, in definitely. her inches. Change. Definitely. Definitely, but my thing was, especially to the women that I tried to talk to right. or just had a conversation with, 
I've made it a point not to even give them a chance. I wanted to let them know, no, you you didn't want me then, so I don't need to talk to you now, period. That's a song about that, you know, like back then, but now you like me now. So, <laughs> I have a question. So, did you know that, or you just, you just knew that the only reason they wanted to go out with you or date you because of what you had? Just say, fuck point. him. It ain't about all that. True. Mm-hmm. True. Like I said, okay. because it was... It was it was a total change. Mm. Like especially if they like I said, especially with that girl, it was like, oh yeah, we can we can go out when we when you gonna take me out? I'm like, no, I'm not gonna take you out. Night and day, you know, huh? Because when I tried to talk to you last month, you kind of brushed me off. But now, you want me to take you out? No, I'm not gonna take you out. See, to okay, to me that that speaks on your character because if I was in your shoes, I would have good fuck. I'm just but saying, see, I, I would have fucked it then left her alone. I see, and a lot of people told me that. Yes. But my thing was, I want to let you feel right. that rejection thing now. Like you did. You know what I'm saying? But that was, you wanted her to feel that immediately. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want her to feel it later on. <laughs> later on, yeah. <laughs> yeah I want to fuck the hell out of Baby, I love you, then. She will never see me again. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, I, I wanted to hurt. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, so you was living life like the rich and famous. You did what you want to do when you want to do it. Just did what you want to do. Exactly. Just whenever, whatever. I mean, on the surface, that's a pretty good life to live. You don't have to report to anyone. You don't have to clock in, and you still having buttloads of money. That's a lifestyle that everyone wants in their life, correct? On the surface. Okay, so what? When did that dynasty fall? When I let family in. I, oh. I, I put it like that because the older guy told me in that business you don't mix family in with your business because they will be your downfall and mine was. Wow. You would think family is everything. Of course. And family gonna have your back regardless of what, whenever, whatever, however. And when push comes to show, that isn't what always happens. And it didn't happen in my situation. Wow. So so walk, walk me through the downfall. I was trying to help one of my family members out with him and his mother and his household and everything. And he ended up getting on drugs. So with me wanting to get him out of that, stop using, I used to take him with me everywhere, do everything for him, buy him everything, just whatever. And he ended up catching a robbery charge. Oh no. And he went in and snitched on me. Oh my goodness, your own blood, flesh and blood blood. snitched on you. Yep. (laughs) That's awful. And when the, actually when the police came, one of the police told me we never would have known you were selling drugs like you were if we hadn't had somebody come in and say something about it. Oh my goodness. Because when they came to bust me, all of them were asking for me and every last one of them had walked past me. They were asking, so they didn't know who you were and what you looked like? No. Wow. Because I was sitting out in the yard when they pulled up. <laughs> and they were like, where Dwayne? Where's Dwayne? Where Dwayne? Where Dwayne? Where you at? And all of them walked right past me. Oh, that's amazing. That's, <clears throat> that's when right then, it was a setup. Mm-hmm. And, and the main detective, after they took me to the jail and came to interrogate me, he said that somebody came in there 
a month ago and said, if y'all let me out, I will give y'all the biggest drug dealer in this county. <laughs> if y'all let me and out. And they said, he said, my response was, I already know all of them, so how can you give me somebody? And when he said, when they when that guy told me your name, I was like, can't be because I don't know him. Wow. So he said they started investigating, they started investigating me, but they couldn't surveillance me because I was too hard to surveillance. So my family member told them what day to come. Oh my goodness. And they came that day. They came that morning. That's pure amazing. It, it really is. That's, mm, that's kind of sad. Okay, so they came in, they busted you. Um, you had your court date, you went to court, then what? Start us from after court. My court sentence was a 20 do 10. 20 years and do 10? Do 10. Shit. First ever incarceration ever time in getting in trouble period so what you're telling me is you didn't have a record no not and at all first time they give you 20 to do 10 yes okay that's 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 fucked up yep and from i sat in the county detention center for a little bit over four weeks before I got shipped to Jackson State. So Jackson State is like the diagnostic. That's, that's, that's our difference. It's diagnostic. Okay. So you go through diagnostic to get all your tests done and make sure you don't got nothing and everything medically okay with you. Then from there, they ship you to wherever you're going to spend your time in. Okay. And I stayed in Jackson State about two months right around Christmas time okay now it, it explain to me what's that's like like what what was going through your mind what was life like incarcerated at the diagnostic center who did you come across who diagnostic did you see? it was pretty rough because I had no communication with my family or anybody I know whatsoever Oh. I couldn't write. I couldn't have nobody come and see me. I couldn't do anything for the first three weeks. And me, wow. I never had that disconnect with right. anybody. I was always around family right. every day. So I didn't know how to process that at first. It was kind of rough process assessing that. And I ran into a guy that um, dealt with his third time being in. So me and him got to talking and me and him stayed cool for the first couple of weeks because we was in the same dorm. So he kind of helped me through it. Then I got switched to another dorm, which I was a, I, had, I actually got on a outside detail because of my security, security level after I went through diagnostic. So, that was pretty rough because I was in a a dorm with ninety other inmates. Nine zero? Yes. Shit. So and when at the particular time when I was there, it was eleven guys from the same county. So they clicked up together. Yeah, they clicked. So they were wanting to hard because I almost got into an altercation with one of them one time and it, and it was just me getting frustrated with life per se yeah. because of the situation I was in and it, it being so different from the situation that I was in out living in the world accustomed to all that freedom I had mm. to being told what to do pretty much 24-7 and it was, it was just getting really, really frustrated. And I remember the, it was the second week in December. 
And if you didn't get shipped out that night, you wouldn't get shipped out until they weren't doing another shipping, shipping inmates to their prison where they're going to spend their time out. They timed until February. Oh, two more months. Two more months, yeah. And I was like, my my God, I can't do that. So I got to be. Everybody, even the officer was like, oh, you'll get your, you'll get shipped, you'll get shipped. I was like, okay, cool. So I, that kind of put me at peace. Yeah. But when they came and called, the names of everybody's going to get shipped so they can go ahead and have their stuff ready. My name wasn't called. Mm. So that put me in another depressed state almost. But um, I had an older guy who I used to play chess with all the time. And he you used to play what with? Chess. Uh-huh, okay. <laughs> he, <clears throat> after, I, after, he, after we called names and he saw how depressed I was, he came and t- talked to me for a long time and it put, kind of put me at ease. But when I laid down, I still prayed. I still prayed to God. For some reason, I felt like I still had a chance to get shipped. Don't know why. I just felt like I did. So I, I prayed really, really hard. And I asked God to please. I don't know if I'm going to make it safely through these next two months because I was getting really, really frustrated with everybody in the dorm. And I knew I was the only one from remotely close to Elba County mm. in that dorm. Everybody else was from Macon. You had a couple guys from Tennessee, Alabama. They were from all different areas. Mm-hmm. So I was just, I was at my wits end, if you might say. And when they came and got everybody up at 2 o'clock in the morning to get shot, the guard woke me up <laughs> and said, uh, you need to pack your stuff. We got, a, we got a spot for you. All right. If you can remember, what was your prayer to God, if you don't mind sharing it? That at that time, I asked God, if you could send me a sign that I would be okay, then I'll be fine. If not, can you please just be with me so I won't get into any more trouble? Amen. And like I said, the Lord came and woke me up at 2 o'clock and I got shipped. And I got to see my family that next weekend because they they allowed me to expedite my process, which is you have to put everybody that's come to come and see you on a list and they have to vet them, if you might say. They have to do a background background check on them them and everything. So I make sure they're fine, which usually takes two to three weeks. True. But mine was approved in two to three days. (laughs) And my family came to see me that weekend. So do you feel like that was God letting you know, showing you your sign that oh, no everything will be okay? No doubt at all. No doubt at all. And so, going through that process and that, I got sent, sentenced in Jackson County. I got sent to Jackson County. So it was a a work detail camp, per, per se. Which is, which is close to home. It's um, close. It's... Close, it's 30, 45 minutes from yeah. my hometown. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's a blessing. Exactly. So everything was working out in my favor at the time, you know. So um, only thing I was I was uncertain of, of the amount of time I still had to serve. Right, because you had 10 to 20. get 10 to 20 10. years, exactly. <clears throat> now, is it clear to say that since you don't been there and went through it, that the purpose of diagnostic is to break you down to your bare minimum to see how you react, to see which prison to send you to, because oh. you can't talk to no one, you can't make no talk to family. You just there. Definitely. Wow. Definitely. It diagnostic was hard. Wow. Like I said, I never been in through anything like that. So that that's what got me 
Like, okay, I can't do this. I don't know if I'm going to be safe in here because I knew if I had would have stayed there, I would have ended up either hurting someone or getting hurt. And at that point, like I said, I was the only one from around there. But everybody else had two or more people in their little group. So I was like, I I don't know how I'm going to be able to get through these next two months. So you pretty much was afraid for your life because you by yourself. They done started got clicks in there. You can you can tell the people that used to be in there because they how comfortable they are. Okay. Yeah, that's. that's I say, like for instance, those guy from Macon jumped on another couple guys from Augusta, and they sent two of them to the hospital because they beat them up really really bad where they couldn't get up after they jumped on them, Hmm. and they had to come and get them wheel them out on the stretchers. And you sat there and witnessed that. Yeah, I witnessed it, yeah. Mm-mm-mm. So it was just, it was a blessing for me to get away from that facility wow. at the time. Okay. And going through Jackson, I mean Jackson County, going through that. There's a, a bunch of things. And at this point still, honestly, I hadn't made up my mind yet whether I was going to go back to the streets or not when I got out. Because in prison who is in prison <laughs> other criminals other criminals you uh-huh. know what I'm saying so you meeting people from different areas so those are different connections in a sense so True. I ain't got to go back to my old connections now True. I got new connections you know what I'm saying and these wow. connections got connections yeah. so I'm thinking of, at first in my mind when I get out I got all these connections I'm going to light the city on fire when I get out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it just, I'm I'm, I'm preparing myself and, and okay, I'm going to do this different. I'm going to do this different. I'm going to do this different. I ain't, <laughs> I ain't got to worry about this out here because I know not to go that route no more. Right. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. So I'll be good. And that's what so many people do when they go through that process that you went through. They sit back and they think, Okay, this is how that went wrong. This is how I got caught. So I'm gonna do this differently when exactly. I get out. Exactly. Wow, wow, that's amazing. And it makes you think: Is the system set up like that for that to happen? It's, it it does make you think that, and especially how hard it is when you get out for yes. you to do the right thing to find employment. to find a job, yes, and stuff like that. So it's you have. It makes you feel like you have no other choice at times, right? But to turn the other way, but to go back to your old ways. Yep. But so, what turned me, my mindset around, mm-hmm. my, my mom, my son, my aunt, and one of my my ex came to see me, and we, we got visitation for four hours, so we sitting there talking. You know, it was my son first time coming to see me. He was two at the time, so. We sitting there talking, they would conversate. Then it was time for them to go. So I walked them to the door. They went out, and I walked out to the patio so I could see them walk to the door. I mean, walk to their cars. And when my son turned around and looked at me, and it's like, what, why you not coming? The look he had in his eyes, that's what changed me. Wow. And I said, I can't go through this again. So I went downstairs and asked God, if you can deliver me from this situation, I promise you I'm going to go back to doing that same old stuff. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So in Jackson, diagnostic, you prayed to God. So now you're at Jackson County. And once again, you prayed, prayed to, to God. God. Yeah, because... What made me say that second prayer was, I just saw his power in Jackson State. I knew now, <laughs> without a shadow of a doubt, that he is real. Amen. So, Amen. I knew he answered prayers. Wow, that, that's, that, that's amazing. That is truly, truly amazing. I had one episode, I was talking to her father and he was on drugs, and he had something similar as far as, as far as his child and what got him off of drugs. Cause what something that his child did, and 
it made him change his life. So it, it's nice to hear that family, even though family got you into that situation, mm-hmm. it's nice I'm to hear that family. Right. <laughs> that, that is something great to hear. Family is important. Yeah. It truly is. It is. But now, you describe time at Jackson Diagnostic. Describe time at Jackson County, CI. It was a whole totally different atmosphere because at Jackson County CI, it was more so people trying to get out and go home. So they wasn't trying to get into trouble. They were trying to do everything they could so they can get home to their families. Gotcha. So, more focused on. Mm-hmm. So it was... In, in Jackson State, it was just like guys that didn't know. Half of them already knew they wouldn't know never get out, so they didn't care. Mm-hmm. So it's they did whatever because mm-hmm. they felt like, well, I ain't gonna never get out no way. So what do I care about you and your freedom? No, cons- no consequences to their actions. Period. Mm-hmm. Wow, 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 wow. Now it's something that I, I have to know. When that judge said. 20 do 10 you knowing that you're not a bad person you knowing that you don't have a rap sheet what went through you numbness because i'm like hold a minute i know that's my first time getting in trouble and i know of several other people that have gotten caught or busted or been in trouble three, four, five, six times. Right. And they never been to prison for no 20, no 10 years, because I got a 20 to 10, meaning 10 years in prison, the last 10 on probation. parole or probation. Right. So I'm like, uh, I'm, I don't, I'm not understanding why I got such a harsh sentence my first time. But as I went through, my sentence, I felt like it wasn't really the judge. It was more so a God getting my attention like, okay, this is what it takes. This is what it's going to take for me to get your attention. So that's what I did. But I still didn't end up doing but two years. Whoa. Once again, God stepping in. That's God's favor, you know. You listen to me. You... You're doing what I wanted you to do. So I'm going to show you that this is, if you still continue to go on this route, this is what I'm going to do for you. Hmm. So I did that. I, I got off of probation and... Uh-uh, hold on. Did you expect to do at least 10 years? I expected to do, with the amount of drugs I got caught with, I expected to do three and a half years. Okay. So Because you- that's what the parole board was saying with the amount of drugs you got caught with you're going to do at least three and a half years okay you're not going to do no less than that because of the sentence they gave you since they gave you a 20 to 10 you got to do at least three and a half years in prison but you only did two only did two okay all right now we're going to fast forward a little bit more so now you're getting out when I know they, they go by wake-ups. I got five in a wake-up. So when you got down to that wake-up, how were you feeling? Were you feeling nervous? Were you feeling excited? Were you feeling like, you know, fuck, definitely on the streets. Or, or numb again. Right, or numb <laughs> again, yeah. If you can remember, I know it's been a while, but I'm just asking if you can remember what kind of feeling did you have on that wake-up? It was nervousness for the most part because I didn't know what I was coming home to. Wow. Saying. Facts. So the excitement didn't hit until maybe an hour before I got out. But the because you know they put you in lockdown for the last 24 hours so nobody can't you. Make, make mess with you so you can get fighting and get more time added. Which they would. That's sad. So that 24 hour lockdown, I didn't sleep but maybe an hour and a half. Hmm. 
because of that nervousness, then actually when I got excited, that's when I took a nap. <laughs> but my nervousness kept me up the whole time. Even when the guards kept coming living, they're like, you're not asleep yet? They call me Ed. You're not asleep yet, Ed? I'm like, nah, I'm good. I'm not sleeping. Damn, the guards had a nickname for you. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> that's okay right there. That's okay. <laughs> Once again, it just shows your character. That's what it shows. Wow. So the day of you being released, My mom and my ex came and got me. We went back home. And of course, everybody who knew I was getting out, who they told I was getting out, of course they came through. And of course you still got the same old people. Hey man, you ready yet? You same ready? Old you ready? Mentality. It's that time. You ready to get back home? When did when did God cross your mind again? That the second time somebody asked me about it. Mm -hmm. So did you fall into that trap? Getting out, trying to find work, trying to live the right life and like, and can't. So like, fuck it, I just go back doing what I know. Did you fall into that trap? I did. The first three weeks of me being out, I went to maybe seven interviews. Three of which they told me I had the job. All three called me the same day I was supposed to go in and told me, we can't hire you. Mm. One of them called me an hour prior to be supposed to, supposed to be clocking in. <laughs> wow. Getting ready on your way to work. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I'm like, and I, and I, I talked to my parole officer about that. And she knew that because everywhere you go have a fill out an application that you hold it you got to write down to let them know you actually trying mm -hmm. to do something so i told her about it and she was like um she just apologized you're like i'm so sorry because yeah. the one but person that actually tried to do right they won't allow you to do right yeah and she and her last thing she told me before i walked on my office is don't fall victim to what they're trying to make you do. Amen. Exactly. The system. The system. And I, but I still did. Right. Because you still have to provide. You still have to do for yourself. You gotta live. So, I did. I, I did for a few weeks, about three weeks. Did and, you? And, and I, that, but I didn't feel the same. Okay. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It was it was something was different. And I I still remember I was sitting on my aunt house one day. And it was just me, my aunt was gone. I was just there by myself looking at TV. And it's like God was like, So this is what we come down to now? Mm-hmm. Hey, that's when he speak to you in a still soft voice. Exactly. He was by yourself. And he knew he can get your attention. Mm-hmm. And he spoke to you, he's like, Whoa. So, and, and I, like, okay, yes, I, I remember the promise I made to you. Mm. So I said to myself then, everything I had left, I gave away. As far as dope? As far as the drugs, yeah. Damn. I gave all of it away. <laughs> and that next morning, I went and applied for school. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So you went and applied for school. Got into school to do what? Automotive collision repair. Was that something I trade you learned while you was locked up? Nope. So what interest, why did you have an interest in that? I was led to it, in a sense. Mm -hmm. If you get what I'm saying. Because I, did I have an interest in cars always? Of course. Right. Because I like nice things. <laughs> but I never had an interest in working on them. But I was looking on the website, on the college website, and it was almost like the cursor went straight to that. <laughs> so I thought, okay, just what I do then. Wow, hey man, that is pure amazing. God still working with you. Still working. Mm -hmm. 
Still leading God. He was leading you. He was making a path, yes. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, because most people that get into stuff like that, they have an interest in it. Mm -hmm. But yet, God led you the way He wants you to be, wants you to go. And you listen and you obey. Okay, so you complete that. Once you completed that, did you have any more struggles? Because I understand you're trying to do an honest living now. And your honest living doesn't compare to your lifestyle with the rich and famous. Well, nowhere close. Mm-hmm. So Because in when you get a, a honest job, especially in a trade mm-hmm. like that, it's not a job anymore. It's a career. So you going into a shop, you at the bottom of the barrel. So you're going to start off on Ireland when everybody else is on commission, which is getting paid top dollar you whatever you work on that's what you get paid for hmm. me i was just working on Ireland for ten dollars an hour and they oh. were making 18 19 dollars an hour 20 dollars an hour which i had to be there nine ten hours a day and they didn't they came in wow eight nine o'clock left three and four o'clock and they were still making Anywhere from five hundred to eight hundred dollars a day. That's a, I wasn't even making five hundred dollars a week. Wow! But that's that's the nature of the game. You going in, you have to put your dues in, yeah, and work hard and learn and show them that you actually want to do this right. for them to even try to give you a chance. Oh my goodness! So. Yeah, it was it was it was a struggle. It, it was, was a, a real struggle. struggle. Yes, no doubt. For a long time. So let's let's go back to this parole, probation, parole. Now you own parole, correct? Mm-hmm. Now you did three years, three and a half years. So that means you got sixteen and a half years on parole. Mm, I did two years. Okay, you did two years. So that means you got eighteen years on parole, mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. So. When you got out and you start doing your old tricks again, that didn't come across your mind. If I get caught, I might have to go back and do it on 18 years because that's how parole works. Of course. But my needing to live outweigh. and provide outweighed that. Gotcha. That wasn't a... At one point, I thought about it. Then after the first time, I'm like, I, I got to provide I got to do this. My son need if my son wants something, I can't get it for him. What kind of man am I? Wow, yeah. I can't do that. I can't live like that. Yeah. Yeah. Being trying to be a man, I mm-hmm. can see that being challenging. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Okay, so now you're on parole. Did you stay on parole for the whole entire eighteen years? I did not. I stayed on parole. Two years. Hold, hold on, hold on. Hold on. You trying to tell me that you got sentenced to 20 years, do 10. You did two. So that means you got 18 years doing parole. And you only did two more years on parole? Mm-hmm. Mm, that's God's right? Won't he do it? <laughs> Won't he do it? That's wow. That has to... You, you you have to carry that with you daily. Yeah, you have to. I'm sure. And once again, I hate to keep saying that it sounds like a broken record, but that speaks volume on your character. Yeah, because the the supervisor of the parole, she she said she would come. She she gave me my drug test the last three times I reported. And the last time she said, okay, you ready for your drug test? I said, yes, ma'am. When I went and peed in the cup and came back, I said, here you go. I said, you want me to sit here or outside to wait on the results? She was like, no need. I said, what do you mean? She said, oh, I already wrote your results down. I already know you're not doing anything. Hmm. And she said, I told okay, thank you, ma'am. Well, I'll see you. Next month, or next time you, you guys call me, she was like, matter of fact, Mr. Edmund, I'm going to see if I can talk to someone to get the rest of your parole time revoked. 
I said, what do you mean revoke? She was like, I'm sorry, wrong word. She said, I'm, I'm going to get it all canceled so you can go on with your life. Wow. I said, oh, well, thank you so much, man. That would be greatly appreciated. And wow. she called me the next day and said, can you come up here? I said, yes, ma'am. Something wrong? She was like, no, I just got, a, I got some paper for you to sign. I said, okay. So I went up there, and she said, here go your release papers from parole. Sign these, and you don't, you're not on parole anymore. You got to pro- report to probation. I was like, so I'm done with parole. No more parole. Oh, so now you got to report to probation? Yes. I thought they were the same. The, the 20 to 10 was the first 10, whatever I didn't serve in prison. Oh, that's That parole. was parole. And then the that, that after I finished that, the, the last 10 is probation. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So, I got off parole six years early. <laughs> then went and reported to probation. Went through probation two and a half years. And they let me off of that also. <laughs> it's totally a blessing. Totally. I'm talking about totally. You can say it's a blessing, but really it's not because you weren't going to do anything wrong anyway. No, I told her. Because she was like, do anything I need to know. My, pro- my probation officer asked me to. Mm-hmm. Anything I need to know about what you're planning on doing or what you're not doing? I say, yeah, I'm planning on living my life. And she was like, what do you mean by that? Because I see what kind of cars and stuff you got. I said, what do you mean you see what kind of cars I got? I see you got some series BMW. I say, yes, ma'am. I I work to pay for that every day. She was like, you sure you ain't paying for it no other kind of way? I said, no, ma'am. I promise you I'm not going that route anymore. <laughs> and she was like, okay, I just want to know. Because I heard a lot of good things about you. I just don't want you to get on this side and start messing up everything. I said, hey, I'm one person you ain't got to worry about. I promise you that. And she wow. said, okay. Wow, wow, wow. Truly amazing. Truly amazing. So... This whole time that we've been talking and you've been released, you was back in Elbert County, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, so let the fast forward again. Where do you currently reside? I live in Somerville, South Carolina now. Change of environment. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So you moved to Somerville. Mm-hmm. What, what, what make you move to Somerville? That's such a... How many hours are from Elbert County? Four and a half hours. So you got family in some of your family. So you just uprooted yourself and go to, across the waters to a whole other state to live. Yep, that's Why? Me, me and my wife, that's it. Just you and your wife? Yep. Because I just, I felt like I wasn't going to get to where I wanted to be living where I was living. Okay. And because I, I truly felt like because of my background, they wasn't going to let allow me to go to the next level. Also, your background was still hindering you. Yes. Hmm. Even though you're working now, mm-hmm. you felt like you couldn't get to that next level because of your background. Because they were like, well, I will promote you, but. Exactly. Yeah, it just gave them a reason not to. Not to, yep. That's fucked up. But yeah, that's 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 what we living in right now. Wow. So now you in Somerville, you're working. You have a house. Yeah, I end up building a house. So you end up building a house. Mm-hmm. Okay, when you say building, I mean, I'm taking you being like from the ground up. Yeah. So you are. A convict that went to prison, got a 20-year sentence to do 10, on parole, on probation, convicted felon. A convicted felon, correct? Mm Mm-hmm. Convicted felon and went through those trials and tribulations once you was released. And now you building a house in another state. And making it work. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Ain't he good? Oh my goodness. Yep. Building. 
Yeah, I said say that word again. Building, not not someone that lived in there. Build it from the ground up. So that letting people who may be listening to this. A matter of fact, what you got to say to anybody that may be listening to this? See, don't let nobody dictate where you want to go. Huh. It's all on you. You just got to trust and believe in God. Ask Him to lead and guide you. Amen. And He'll make it work. <laughs> regardless of the situation. Regardless of your situation you've been through or you're going through. Patience and being joyful in any situation mm-hmm. will get you to the other side. Wow. That's good. Wow. So, okay, I, I got to do a little bit more digging before we end this podcast. So you said you're building a house. Uh, what kind of vehicles you have? Me and my wife have four vehicles now. One, two, three, four? Mm-hmm. Okay. What's the year of the oldest? 94. What's the year of the newest? 21. <laughs> so, build a house and have vehicles. Do you, what do y'all do for vacation? Do y'all ever go on vacation? Oh, yearly. You, you say yearly? So that means every time you come around, you go on vacation again? Mm-hmm. Name three spots that you've been on vacation with. Jamaica, Grand Cayman Islands, Puerto Rico. Oh, so when I say vacation, you ain't talking about to uh, Myrtle Beach or to... Carowinds or to Six Flags where I say vacation you been vacation you been at the damn country yeah like I put it like this I've been to more places legally than I did illegally <laughs> <laughs> so you probably been to more places outside the country than you have in the country yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow uh, when I was selling I didn't really go anywhere like I say maybe the Myrtle Beach the Florida you know what I'm saying? Just places like that when I was selling. Close to home. Exactly. And I felt like then that was, that was something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Small mind kingpin. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Large mind free man. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> wow. That is truly amazing. And, and that's truly a blessing. Wow. 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 I can't say that, but wow. I, I listen to the story. I, I hear it. I get chills. It just, I know so many people that have walked in your shoes. I know so many people that have tried to do the right thing but had to fall back to the things that they knew to survive. And I know some people that you know, did what you did. They, they made it work. But I think it's a, it's a great thing for you to share your life with us, to, to share your story, hopefully to bring someone that needed around to the way life should be. Because mm-hmm. that illegal life is just, it may seem good on the surface, but believe me, it's its not. It's yeah, not and, and that's all it is, the surface. Right. Because you can't you can't do any good resting because you're always worrying about one or two things going to happen. Either you're going to get robbed or the police going to come and get you and lock you up. Right. So you don't sleep good. You're always on edge. You're always looking over your shoulder. So you don't, it's just simply surface. That's all. Wow. You can't, you can't, even though you're making all that money, it's not a real good feeling. So was it good at the time? Yeah. Because of, I got to do pretty much whatever I wanted to do. <laughs> when you wanted to do it. When I wanted to do it. But when it come down to me wanting to rest, I couldn't. Mm. That's a mouthful. Mm. Wow. Well, like I said, I really appreciate you sharing your story. Before we go, Diana Dane, you got anything you want to say? Nope, just an awesome uh, story and testimony. I enjoyed every bit of it. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. 
Well, I hope you enjoyed it also. I hope you already have subscribed to the channel. And I hope you be ready for many more to come. From the mind to the lips to the heavens. Until next time. Peace Really want me come get me And even I Someday we'll die But I'm cautious I'm in the ride Put down the top Now we flossing Hit the freeway Let the wind blow Drop the window